KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. And uh, today we are continuing in the series on Yud Gimel Midot HaRachamim, the 13 attributes of mercy. This is Ezra Beck. Today is the seventh year, the eighth Midah, Midat Emet. Midat Emet immediately sets us up with a, with a problem. Not what is the specific understanding of how it differs from the previous Midat, but why is Midat Emet possibly considered to be an attribute of mercy? If anything, if I had to choose between mercy and justice, the Midat Emet is a Midah of justice. The truth is, if you've done more sins than you've done uh, mitzvot, then the truth is that you're guilty. And the truth says that if you're guilty, then you are doomed, then you are condemned. Why is truth, emet, considered to be emidat arachamim? So, if we answer this question, we'll also know how it specifically is different, and what is the particular characteristic of this particular midat emet. The truth is, in terms of the pasuk, you could avoid this problem by interpreting the relationship between Rav Chesed and emet differently. Uh, I think a sensitive ear to the Pasuk in fact uh, notices distinguishes a certain connection between Rav Chesed Ve'emet there's the Vav which is not the only Vav in the Pasuk but somehow also the way it's constructed to put Rav Chesed Ve'emet as being somehow connected and a very simple explanation says that in fact the word Ve'emet doesn't mean and truth but is a modifier of Rav Chesed Rashi on the Pasuk in Pashat Vayechi, where Yaakov Avinu says, wants to ask Yosef to make sure that he, Yaakov, will be buried in Eretz Yisrael and not in Mitzrayim. And he asks Yosef to promise him, and he says, Ba'asita imadi chesed ve'emed. You will do for me a chesed, an act of kindness, ve'emed. You'll do for me a truth. Makes no sense. So Rashi explains, chesed she'osim im ha'metim hu chesed shel emet. When you ask someone to do an act of kindness for you after your death, the kindness that we do, the chesed we do with the dead, is called chesed shel emet. Kindness of truth, meaning true, true kindness. Why is it true kindness? Because you have no expectation of reward. The dead person who received the kindness has no expectation, uh, I'm sorry, the live person who does the act of kindness has no expectation of reward from the dead person who will be dead and can't pay back. So what Rashi is saying is that sometimes the Vav in Ve'emet means Shel. In which case, of course, there's only one Midah. Rav Chesed Ve'emet means Rav Chesed Shel Emet. God is not merely Rav Chesed. He's not merely the master of kindness, but he's the master of true kindness. It's only one Midah. My assumption here, according to the Shittab Ben Utam, which we are following, which is basically the way we say the Yudim Midah, is that Rav Chesed is one attribute and Ve'emet is another attribute. And therefore Rashi's explanation it doesn't help us. Uh, somewhat similarly, the Ramban in the Pirush of the Torah uh, explains that chesed is chesed, and emet is when God is, because of his chesed to the forefathers, has made them a promise, God was Baal chesed, and therefore he promised Abraham Avinu, or he promised the Jews, that they would inherit Eretz Israel. Once he promises it, then he has to fulfill the promise not merely because he's a Baal Chesed, but also because he's a Met, because a Met says you have to throw your promises. 
according to this, emet is not really midat chesed. That's the whole point. It's midat din. Having made the promise, now din requires God to fulfill it. So one, it's not really midat chesed. It works. It's good that it's in the list, but it's not really midat chesed. And two, it's not also it's not really an independent midat. It it applies to the same content as Rav Chesed. God is about Chesed, and that Chesed turns into a man. So this perhaps would be a better explanation uh, for accounting 13 Midot, because there are really 13 Midot, but, but, but there really are only 12. In other words, one of the Midot is doubled. It, 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 the same action of God. What I try to explain in the series is how each of the Midot works. What is its operation? Here the operation is the same. It's simply a reaffirmation of the same content of chesed, and the chesed itself, having been promised at some point in the past, God said he would forgive the Jews, God, God, God made promises, the brit, to the Jewish people, so the content is now also emet. So, I, I still don't really understand why this would be considered to be a thirteenth, uh, number eight, the eighth attribute of the way God operates in the world according to the principles of mercy. So, we're back to the original question. Why is a met midat chesed? We'll begin with the Rashi in Parshat Va'era. Kishbaruch was talking to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he says to him, he's a little bit upset at him, he says to him, you know, I revealed myself to your ancestors, Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, uvishmi Hashem lo nodati lehem. But I didn't, I was not known to them, I did not disclose to them my name, Hashem. My name is Yudke Vakre. Rashi explains what that means. Lo nitgaleti lahem bimidat amituti. Shehiftahti velokiyamti. I did not reveal myself to them in my attribute of truth. In the attribute of my truth. Emet. Why? For I promise but the nothing. God made promises to the Avot. I will give you and your children this land. And as of now, they're still in Egypt. Uh, he has not fulfilled it. That state where God has made a promise but not fulfilled it is a contradiction, is a hiding, a non-revelation of Midata Emet. Okay, so what do we see from this Rashi? That what is Midata Emet as applied to God? God is true. It doesn't mean that God really exists. The truth of God is the abolition of the gap of the distance between promise and fulfillment. Or to put it a different way, God's will and existence, God's will and what really is, are one and the same. If God promises or desires or says that such a thing will be, then according to the attribute of emet, then it is. And if it's not, then something has happened. Midat Hamet has disappeared, has been, has been, has been unrevealed, has been, is hidden. So Midat Hamet means that reality reflects God's will. Hidden Midat Hamet means that, at least temporarily, reality does not reflect God's will. Rav Hutner, in a Sichan the Pachad Yitzhak about Emet, 
uses this point to explain why emet is in Yudgim Amidat as an extension of what he explained about Rav Chesed. We quoted, I quoted Rav Hutner in Rav Chesed. Rav Hutner said by Rav Chesed that it's based on the fact that God has promised Atidin Yisrael Lachzor B'Tshuva. Kvar Hifticha Katov Sh'atidin Yisrael Lachzor B'Tshuva. And then, just to quickly summarize, we said in the last year, that promise of eventual tshuva is a, a suspension, a partial suspension of free will, which creates an imbalance between good and evil, why good is worth more than evil, has more weight than evil. But, Lafutna says, after all, that's a future promise. Now, God doesn't make sure you're Chazor B'tshuva. You have free will concerning Chazor B'tshuva, concerning good, concerning evil. So in fact, there is no imbalance between good and evil. And that's why yeah, but if God has promised it in the future, and Hashem is emet, then the future has to exist in the present. It could be that it's not revealed, as Rashi said, lo nidgaleiti b'midatamituti, but the midat emet, which is part of God, says that there is no gap. There is no distance between his promise and its fulfillment. And therefore, if in the future there will appear Yitgaleh, there will be revealed this imbalance between good and evil because they will then do tshuva, then the principle has to exist in God now in the present as well. And that's how Rav Chesed works today for you. Midat HaChesed. Rav Chesed says that when God weighs you, your good deeds are worth more than your bad deeds. Now, I'm going to use this point of Avutna to, to continue. The point itself is, I think, again, insufficient, because again, what Avutna has done is he's turned Rav Chesed Bamet into basically only one Midah. Rav Chesed without a Met doesn't help you. So it's Midat Chesed, but it's irrelevant. The thing which helps us, the thing which causes the Mata Krapi Chesed, which causes an, a balanced scale of good and evil to become an imbalanced scale of more good and evil, is Rav Chesed Bamet. Rav Chesed Emet is the importer of Rav Chesed from the future into the present. So again, you don't have a separate Nida. I want there to be a separate Nida, but I think the point will help us understand. I'm going to continue it a little bit further. What I'm saying, I cannot in all honesty ascribe to Rav Hutner. Uh, he doesn't bear the blame if it makes no sense. But I do have to give him credit for, uh, for providing the basis for what I want to say. What Rav Hutner's point really explained to us is the importance of time. The Rambam and other Aristotelian philosophers in the Middle Ages posited that God is above time. That means that time has no meaning for God. Now, with, without getting involved in the exact metaphysical argument, uh, it's an unusual point. I think it's one of the few things, maybe the only uh, truly Aristotelian statement from the Middle Ages which somehow has become part and parcel of the canon of, of, of Jewish thought. Uh, children in fourth grade know that God is above time. Even in the Middle Ages... Not everybody accepted it. Chesed Kreskas disagrees. Uh, and philosophically, it has no basis in, in, in what's considered to be modern philosophy. But that's not really my point. I don't really care about the exact metaphysics. I think it's still true that it, within what we call the life of the divine, within God's absolute existence, time has no meaning. And that's what this really point. Emet. If something is true of God in the future, then it's true of God in the present. God is not undergoing development. 
He's Netzach. God is eternity. He's absolute value. He's not looking forward in his own, within his own existence as metaphysically we understand it. He's not looking forward to the future. If there's no time, there's no development. And there's no value in development. There's no value in process. In God's world, values exist absolutely. That absoluteness, it's a Greek term, a Greek concept, is called, what the Putin has explained to us, is called emet. If you want to say something about God, then it exists right now. If God is perfect, then He's, he's perfection. Then His perfection is Hayah Hoveh Viyeh. Hashem Malach, Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach, Hashem Imloch Lolam Ved. You are before the world was created, you are after the world was created. Process, development, only becomes meaningful in our world. But I want to say more than that. It's not just that our world has process and God's world does not. The only value, the true value, the desired value of our world is the process. That's why the world exists. God created the world not to have the value of that you're a good person. There is more good in God's world than there is now. The world is, after all, a mixed world. God's world was infinite value. You can't add any value to that. The value that is added to God's world is not more of God but precisely the value that's found in process and development. The fact that man, who is worth today only, I'm just going to choose a number, he's worth five points. And by the end of the day, he will be six points. So the five points adds nothing to God. The six points add nothing to God. But the, from five to six, the walking, the halicha, the growing, the striving, the transcendence, that is a value that does not exist in God's world. It's a paradoxical notion because it's not more, it's less. But in its less is found its value. The reason why it's not found in God's world is because God is already infinite. And infinity has nowhere to go. God's perfection means that there is no value in development. But there is a value in development. And therefore, God creates the world so that it should strive to come closer to Him. That's the meaning of, we don't always say God created the world, He wants to be to have That's the meaning of free will. Free will isn't merely the ability to choose between two things for no reason. If I choose between having a, a chicken or steak for dinner, that's free will, but it's, it's meaningless free will. It's not free will as a value. Free will as a value something which God cannot control in advance, He cannot create me with the free will to choose good, and only good, is because free will is not merely lack of compulsion, but also lack of cause. It's the, it's the creation, yesh mi'ayin, it's created more value where there was less value. And therefore the potential, in the Aristotelian sense of potential, is not found in the world. The world as it is today is worth what it's worth. It doesn't have already the potential to be better. We make it better. We make ourselves better. 
And that's what God desires in the world. That is the opposite of God's world. In God's world, there is no process because His absolute value, because His perfection. In our world, there is process and that is its value. To use a phrase which actually sounds better in Hebrew than in English, God's world is perfection and our world is perfecting. The process of perfecting. God is Shlimut and our world is Hishtalmut. Hishtalmut is always less than Shlimut. But the less is, I would say the less is more. The less is a different value. Not that the less, less is not a value at all. But less going to more is a different kind of value than the value that's found in absolute value itself. But to put this contradiction, to put this distinction a little bit more strongly, from the point of view of the Midah we called Emet. Emet means God is absolute fully actual value with no element of perfection from the point of view of that emet our world is sheker if emet means that the truth exists fully then our world where it doesn't and in fact it was based on the fact the world was created to be imperfect but perfecting then our world is based on non-emet. And to put it in a, a phrase which is somewhat more striking, our world is based on Sheka. Alma de Sheka. Consider the following Medrash. Bereshit Rabba, Perikhet, Mishnahe. God is coming to create man. Amar Rabbi Sinon. When God came to create the first man, the angels were divided into parties, warring, conflicting parties. Some of them said, do not create him, and some of them said, create him. As is written, Chesed ve'emet nifgashu tzedek v'shalom nashako. These angels, as we'll immediately see, are attributes. And the Midrash gives us an example. Chesed Omer, the angels of the party of Chesed say, Yibara, let him be created. Why? Because he will do chesed. So chesed, God's chesed, is interested in having man, because man will do chesed. So he's one of us. Emet Omer, the angels of the party of truth say, Al Yibara, do not create him. Shekulo Shkarim, he is completely falsehood, completely lies. What does this mean? Why not write the other way around? Why can't Emet say, create him because he will tell the truth? And Chesed will say, don't create him because he's completely cruel. I think the answer is obvious. The situation is always mixed. Man is kind, but not perfectly kind. Man also tells the truth, but not, not perfectly. Not always. And occasionally he tells lies. No one only lies. But no one only tells the truth. There's a difference though between the attribute of truth and the attribute of kindness. The attribute of kindness, the attribute of chesed, values each act of kindness I do. You could do better, you could do more, but whatever you've done is an act of kindness. It's a value. But the attribute of truth doesn't value partial truth. If you sometimes tell the truth and sometimes lie, there's no value. No one can always lie. It's logically impossible. 
if you're not committed completely to the truth, then you're a man of deceit. If you're not committed completely to chesed, then you're a partial man of chesed. Every time you give tzedakah to it on you've done a piece of chesed. Every time you tell the truth, you haven't raised the flag of truth. If we don't know for surety that you will always tell the truth, then you're a man of deceit. In other words, truth does not allow for compromise. You can't be a little truthful. If you're called in by the principal, if you're called in by your parents, you're called in by your teacher, and he says, why don't you tell the truth? You can't say, well, I told a little truth. It was a little true. It's not an answer. It's a cynical joke. Why don't you act kindly? You can say, well, I, I did help somebody. I helped an old lady cross the street this morning. I gave stuck up to some poor person. So I can say, why don't you do more kindness? But what you've said is in fact a value. The Medrash has another example of this. I'll do this quickly. Tzedek Omer, justice says, let him be created for he will do justice. Shalom says, peace says, let him not be created. The Kulei Kitata, he's completely dissension, completely conflict. And again, I think it's the same point. You can't do a little piece. Yesterday, I killed four people, but I didn't kill the fifth. Right? So I had a little bit of peace and a little bit of war. It's not true. If you're not committed completely to peace, you're a man of war. But justice, so you did some justice, you could have done more. It's the same relationship. Let's get back to the Medrash, which ignores now Shalom and concentrates on Emet. Ma'asa Kadosh Baruch In other words, Emet says you cannot create him because you're creating a lie. So what did God do? It Apparently it requires an answer. God is stuck. Natal Emet God took Emet and threw him to the ground. Hadao Dikhtiv, Pasuk in Daniel, chapter 8, Batashlech Emet Alza. What does it sound like? What does it mean he threw him to the ground? So we'd say he threw him out the window. Emet does not allow God to create man. And therefore, how does God create man? By ignoring Emet. By, by abolishing him. By throwing him to the ground. Threw him out of the heavens. So this basically supports what we said. Our world is based on Shekhar. There is no... Emet did not take part in the creation of the world. The world was created by the Midata Tzedek, or Midata Chesed, but Midata Emet had no part of it. Because Midata Emet is not found, it doesn't see its reflection in our world. As Zarak Emet Hishlicho Aretz. But is that possible? Can God, in fact, act against the attribute of truth? The angels said to God, all the angels said to God, God, how can you do that? How can you, uh, how can you throw Emet out? So how can you disgrace your seal? Because I'll say that Emet is the seal, the signet seal on God's ring. It's what he, all of God's actions are sealed with Emet. How, how can you act? B'sheker. Here's the crucial line. The Medrash answers, Anna HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God answered them, Ta'ale Emet Min Ha'aretz. Let Emet rise from the ground. Before it says, Hishlicho La'aretz, He threw him to the ground. Now he says, Let Emet rise from the ground. Hadaw Dichtiv, as is written, Emet Me'eretz Titzmach. What is God's answer? I have to admit, if you look at the commentaries in the standard edition of the Medrash Rabbah, 
They say that God threw Emmet to the ground. The angels complained. So God said, you're right. He told, he told Emmet to come back. He, he repented. He retracted the banishment of Emmet from the sky, from the heavens. I think that can't possibly be the Pshat. Because that's the Pshat, then what's the next line? That, so how did God create man? The whole assumption of the question was that Emmet did not allow God to create man. And therefore, Ma'asa Kadosh Baruch he threw him out the window. But now if he brings him back, we're back to the same point. What's God going to do? How can you create man? You can't create man with truth and you can't create him with Shekhar. So I think the Pshat is differently. And the difference in the Pshat is reflected perhaps not in the words Ta'aleh emet mina'aretz Let emet rise from the earth but in the proof text that the Medrash brings. Hadaw dikhtib as is written emet mi'aretz titzmach. God didn't say I recant from my throwing emet to the ground. God said, you don't understand, Malachim. You said, why am I disgracing my signet seal of truth? The answer is, it's no disgrace. I didn't throw emet out the window. I threw emet to the ground. And emet will grow. Emet me'eretz titzmach. The truth from the ground grows. What does it mean, titzmach will grow? The angels, who in Medrashim, always have the role of expressing the truth. The simple, logical, absolute truth. They say, our world and truth are contradictory. Because there is no such thing as partial truth. God says there is. How can there be partial truth? You're right, there's no such thing as partial truth as a value in itself. But there's a value of developing truth. Half lie, half truth is worthless. But truth can grow from a world of lies. Emet me'eretz titzmach. The ground, the earth of this world which is deficient, sinful, not perfect, imperfect, is the bedrock, is the ground from which truth will, from which truth will grow. And that is the value that God values, which the angels don't begin to understand. And that's how man is created. Man is created not against truth, but according to a different principle of truth. Not the truth of the sky, but the truth of the sky that has been planted in the ground of deceit and grows from there. What does it mean grows from there? Ta'aleh. It aspires to come back to the sky. And even though it doesn't make it, yet. Even though it's only halfway. And the halfway itself is infinitely distant. But the fact that it's tzomeyach, the fact that it is growing, that is a kind of truth. The growth, not the, not the level. Not 50% true. 50% true is 0% true. But 49 to 50% true plus 1% truth is a kind of perfection. Truth does not allow imperfection. Perfecting is a kind of perfection. The reflection of God's perfection in our world is the act of becoming more perfect, coming closer to perfection. That's what I think the Midah in Yudgimu Midot is, and I think that we've in fact read it incorrectly. As I pointed out, uh, both the Rashi in Vayichi, the Mamban on Rav Chesed Ve'emet and Rav Hutna on Rav Chesed Ve'emet, they all perceived 
a certain connection between Mavchesed ve'emet. I think that that's true, but I want to read it a little bit differently. There is a connection, a grammatical, syntactical connection between Mavchesed and emet. It's for the word Rav. Our Midah today is not emet. It's Rav emet. Rav Chesed ve'emet. God is Rav Chesed ve'emet. What does the word Rav mean? We saw there was a difficult word in terms of Chesed, and go ahead and say special pshat that it means Mata Klape Chesed. What does the word Rav mean when connected to Emet? Rav Emet? More Emet? Increasing Emet? It's exactly the point I just described. Emet is a Midat Adin. It's such a terrible Midat Adin that not only will it condemn existing man, it will prevent man from ever existing. As took place in the dialogue in the Medrash. Rav Emet is a Midah of Chesed. A Midah of Chesed that not only sees the good in man, but sees how the deficient in man, that, that means the evil in man, the sin in man, is itself part of a process. The point being, and this is the important point in Rav Emet, that if you value process, then you cannot totally condemn evil. The world is, the word evil is a little bit uh, striking here. So we'll use another word, but they're equivalent. we we'll use the word deficient. Imperfect. Imperfection is a necessary part of the value of perfecting. If the world is perfect, there will be no value called process. Only if the world is imperfect can you have betterment. And therefore, if in the present, right now, you are imperfect, that means you're sinful. If you are imperfect, that's terrible. It really is terrible. And it deserves punishment. It deserves condemnation. But you, if your imperfection is the bed, is the aretz for emet me'eretz titzmach, it's the bedrock, it's the ground out of which greater perfection, relatively speaking, greater perfection can grow, then the imperfection has a purpose as well. And if we look not at your state, but at your process, then your process as a whole, assuming that you are in fact on a growth process, a growth spurt, if you are growing, then the fact that you are imperfect now and will be imperfect tomorrow and were imperfect yesterday, but you are less imperfect today and you will be less imperfect tomorrow, you will be more perfect tomorrow, then the whole process, which includes the past, the future, the past, the present, and the future, that whole process is a good. It's a good which has included the imperfection and sublimated it. In other words, and I have to say this statement because it's the, in fact the logical conclusion, this midah, so not done by any previous midah, this midah has not only valued the good in man and used it to weigh, weigh him positively, this midah has given value to the bad in man. Lest anyone accuse me of some weird antinomian attitude towards evil, the value in imperfection is not that we should embrace it. The value in imperfection is that we should transcend it. But it's still a value. It has to exist. It's good that it exists if you abolish it, if you fix it.
So this is not a theory in favor of having imperfection, of, of, of having it meaning keeping it. It's a theory in favor of having imperfection as part of a process of its abolition. And that's exactly what Rafutner explained in terms of future and past. But Rafutner really, I think this is the real meaning of his, of his point. Not sure he meant it, but it's the real meaning of his point. Midat ha'emet, midat ha'rav emet, which we are interested in, imports the future into the present. It gives value to the present because of the future. If the present is the necessary basis for a better future, then the present has value, even though it doesn't have value. Even though it, the value that I'm looking at, perfection is not found today. But it's found today in the sense that you can't perfect without imperfect first. And again, you have to get the important point here. It's not that you cannot reach, you, you can't have ten if you didn't have five first. God could have created you with ten. You can't have plus five if you don't start at five first. You can't move from 5 to 10. The value is not reaching 10, but going from 5 to 6 to 7 to 8 to 9 to 10. That growth requires smallness and then largeness. Largeness doesn't require smallness, but getting larger, growing, transcendence requires that you begin low, you begin as an infant, and grow towards maturity. What are the implications of this Midah? Similar to what I said in the previous Midah, but even stronger here, you cannot call on Rav Ahmed. When you call on Rav Ahmed, you've, very, you've gone through all these other Midah and you've been found, you've been found wanting. Rachum didn't help you. Hanun didn't help you. Erech didn't help you. God's patience is wearing thin. Rav Chesed didn't help you. Because apparently the balance wasn't balanced enough. Even after God re-evaluated the good, your evil still outweighed it. And now there's a desperate measure that says, not just the good was worth more than the, more than the bad. The bad, aside from its negative value, has a positive value. We're transforming evil, chas v'shalom, it sounds terrible, but this is the truth. We're transforming evil into good. Potential good. And therefore, you can't possibly save a Rabbi Emet and ask God to, in effect, overlook your evil, to view it as part of the good, unless you're genuinely committed to actually doing that. It's the future that grants the present a value beyond what its measured value would be. And that future has to be a future of tshuva. If you're not committed to tshuva, if you're bad today, you'll be bad tomorrow, then you're merely bad. If you're bad today, but you'll be better tomorrow, then even your bad of today is part of the process of good. When you say, V'rav emet, we say, Rav chesed, V'emet, the word emet refers to the fact that tomorrow you will be perfect, meaning you aspire to perfection. And even though you're not there now, even though you're imperfect now, your imperfection is part of the value that we call, that I call, perfecting. There's a line, I want to point out a line that's found in the tefillah we say on before Kal Nidre, it's found in many Magzorim, it's not an ancient tefillah, it's written only 150 years ago by the Chayadim, tefillah Zaka. And there's a line, that, I remember the first time I saw it when I was a child, I, I thought it was a joke. The Chayadim writes a line there that says, you say to God, look, 
if I hadn't sinned, how could I have done tshuva? It sounds like I steal from you, and then I bring something back. You're a little bit angry. I said, look, you know, if I hadn't stolen, I could have brought it back. But that's exactly our point. There is a value in tshuva that surpasses the value in being a tzaddik. Ma'kom shabalei teshuva omdim ein afilu tzaddikim gvurim ein yichudim lama. There is a value in correcting, in fixing, in growing that is is greater, is different than the value in already being perfect. And if you don't have imperfection, you cannot achieve that value of growth. Obviously, this midah is not kapara. doesn't say it makes no difference. We're happy you sinned. It is a midah of toleration. If you'll do tshuva tomorrow, then in retrospect, it was all worth it. The retrospect is done tomorrow. God is emet. He can never do the retrospect today. The future, what God will say tomorrow, is said today. So God already is valuing your imperfection because it's part of the process of tshuva. And therefore the amazing, amazing, amazing chiddush of this midah, that even our imperfections can be zechuyot in the phase of Chazal. Avonotav na'asim zechuyot. Sins become merits. Yes, sins can become merits if they're used as the grist, as the raw material to create the value of tshuva. In Mitzvah Shem before Rosh Hashanah, we will uh, do the next midah of Nutzer, Chesed Lalafim. Managed to get it in, it won't be on Thursday, I'll try to get it in by Wednesday. So that those who are keeping pace will be able to have one more midah, the eighth midah, before Rosh Hashanah. Kol Tuv. This has been KMTT. Yud Gimel Midot Midat Emet.